Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Come on, who's happy to be in the house of the Lord? I'm only hearing one side of the congregation. Hallelujah. We welcome you to Christ Center Church this morning. We welcome our online viewers. Thank you for taking the time out to worship with us this morning. We're going to go into our morning worship and song. And when it's time for prayer, we're asking that if you need prayer, we'll touch and agree with you. Just put a prayer emoji or if you want to be specific as to what you need, you can place that. And we will touch and agree with you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Who's been having a time? Because I know I've been having a time this week. Who's ready for the next course? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Can we stand to our feet this morning as we enter into God's house with worship and praise? Hallelujah, Jesus, we bless your name. Can we put our hands together in this place? Wandering through the night, wanting a place to hide this weary soul. I try with all my might, but I just can't win the fight. I'm slowly drifting. Because he healed my heart, he changed my name, forever free, I'm not the same. I thank the master, I thank the savior, I thank God.
He is God all by himself. And what's his name, church? Come on, shout the name of the one that saved you, the one that healed you, the one took away your sin. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel celebration in this house. I feel restoration in this house. It's a time of harvest for Christ in the church, and we're in the revival that we're experiencing. Are you in the revival? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm in the revival that I'm experiencing. Hallelujah. And let's continue to worship and pray and lift the name of Jesus. Because Thursday night we were told, what if, why not? On Friday night we were told, keep digging. You have the evidence to show. This morning we were told there's no limits. And we are experiencing no limits today. And you are part of it, those who are watching and those who are experiencing, those who are going to experience it later. I'm telling you, you're going to experience a blessing on today. We thank God for what God has been doing in this church and where God is taking us. We're just a pilgrim traveling through, not just into the next life, but we're actually traveling from this building to another building. And I believe that what God is going to say, he's going to speak to us in these next few weeks because we're just here temporary. Our location is about to change because God has had something to do in this end time revival with Christ and the church. Let's pray unto the Lord. We are given the instructions to put your comments and prayers, but let's lift up a vote of thanksgiving and in prayer of today's service that God will have his way in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. We give you the praise and the honor. We give you the glory because you are so great to us. There is none like you. You are from everlasting to everlasting. Lord God, before Abraham was, you were. And we thank you for being God. We thank you for being the healer. We thank you for doing what he's already established in the earth realm. God, as your kingdom is in heaven, so let it be in us, in us, Lord God. Lord Jesus, let thy kingdom come. Let thy will be done in earth. That's in us as it is in heaven. We pray, Lord God, for every person who came into this atmosphere. We pray for a blessing. We pray for each and every one who may have come, Lord God, with needs and concerns. We know that you are able to reach them. We, are, we know that you're able to establish them. And we pray that for your kingdom is coming. We thank you for what is to be done. Let us put our hands together. Let us lift up our voices. Let us continue to worship the Lord. For he alone is worthy in Jesus' name.
Oh, okay. I'm already loved. I'm already loved. 
just continue to worship the Lord this morning. It's more than enough this morning for us. Hallelujah. He's our provider. He's our keeper and our shield. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, church. Let's praise the Lord, everybody. Come on. Let's praise the Lord, everybody, if you can. Hallelujah. It's more than enough. Hallelujah. 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 Amen, amen, amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated if you can. Amen. Praise God. We want to take this time out to welcome everyone. We want to greet everyone in the mighty name of Jesus. Our online congregation, we greet you. We welcome you this morning. Praise God for everyone that is here this morning in the house of God. Amen. We're so glad that you're here to praise and to magnify the Lord with us this morning. We're truly serving an awesome God who is worthy to be praised. There is none like him. There is none to compare. He's the one that we adore, the one that we praise, the one that we call upon in the time of trouble. Any time we are in need, that's the one that is our rescue. Amen. Amen. So we're honored to be here this morning. So I want to give a shout out and honor to our guest speaker this morning, the Dibbers. So glad to have you all here this morning. Amen. I just want to go a little further by said, you know, um, I, I'm so grateful for... Uh, Sister Dibber's willingness to continue to work for the kingdom of God. Amen. Uh, there's a reason why I say that. You know, there, there's a lot of time we get guest speakers into the house of God to either minister, sing, preach, and they're a little shy. But she's not as shy of what she has. And I must commend you, Sister Dibber, for what you're doing for the Lord. Amen. You know, I know you're a servant. Your, your husband is an awesome man of God. And make sure you do what you got to do for the Lord. Amen. 
but I, I commend you, and it means uh, a whole lot to us. We greatly appreciate you guys for your ministries and for what the Lord is doing for you both. Amen. So um, we want to prolong with our, we don't want to uh, prolong with our service. Um, so we're getting ready for uh, offering. So in the interim of time, for those of you that have not yet commit your fulfillment for a reach drive that we're in, we're we're asking you if you're able to you know add something more if you already fulfill whatever you commit for your reach we thank you amen and i'm you know if the lord is blessed you and want to bless us a little bit more we welcome it amen for those of you that have not yet committed amen we recommend you to get on board amen amen we don't have a lot of time left so we encourage everyone that uh you know give unto the lord the lord will bless you in return amen everyone said it's offering time Amen. We're going to invite you, if you can stand with us at this time, we're going to invite you to stand with us. Amen. We're going to pray and ask the Lord's blessing as we're about to receive our offering this morning as our ushers are coming up in the front. Amen. We have, you see the four ways you can give online. Amen. So give this morning, give diligent unto the Lord this morning. We have our ushers in the front. You can bring your tithes and offerings. Uh, let's just bow our heads as we pray. Father God, we thank you for the service. We thank you. For what we are about to receive this morning for offering, Lord God. We ask you blessing upon every giver, those who have to give. Oh God, those who have not likewise make ways so they too can be a blessing, oh God. We ask you continue to bless the remaining portion of the service. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor as we worship you in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Amen. Bring your tithes and offering unto the Lord. You may be seated. Well, after you bring your tithes and offering, you can be seated. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Ethan, for those who may not know me for whatever reason, but um, Pastors Appreciation Sunday, and every year we try to do something a little bit different, and we try to spice it up in a way, and we all know that Pastor doesn't want his flowers, right, and we got to give it to him, because we truly appreciate our pastor, everything that he's doing for us, and just his commitment to the church really so we're taking this time to take a look back we're going to do a little then verse now to see how pastor really got started in this walk before he was pastor to where he is now This is where it all began. This is where Pastor Wyatt came before he was pastor and turned his life over to God. 
And from what I heard, it took a little bit of time. I heard he was doing a little fighting and a lot of wrestling with God and trying to figure out if this is really what he was called to do. Kind of remind me of the story of Jacob wrestling with the angel. Anyway, but this is where it all began. This is where Pastor turned his life over to God, was baptized, received the Holy Ghost, got involved in the church. We know his passion for evangelism. It started here. So we're going to go in. We're going to talk to a few people and ask them about memories that they have of Pastor in his early days of being a Christian and any words of encouragement that they may have for him. My name is Christine. And I've known Ray for a little while. Before he became <laughs> Pastor Wayne. And even way before he became a Christian. So there was a Bible study that was being held at his mom's house. And that was built to that Bible study. And Wayne was supposed to join um, Bible study, but Jane, Wayne, Wayne had his ways of you know, not showing up. He'd make a quick stop and then switch out, you know. So um, he was there, but he was not there. And then, you know, we can skip a few years. It goes on to eventually when he started coming to church. I remember also very early in the early beginnings, I think he had a work schedule that put him in church maybe just once a week, but um, eventually I do remember him becoming really involved in the um, in church and attending, um, especially the witnessing, um, the evangelism, and that's where I think it, it all came together for him. But for the most part, he was um, he was like all of us, you know. When we first come, he wasn't really all there. He was just trying to find his place and was actually fighting God and trying to run away like Jonas, but eventually he, he was sent and he, he, he since then he's, he's never looked back. And he's going on. <laughs> Be faithful. And when you become faithful in God, he opens up doors that we didn't even know were going to be. I think the, the biggest thing is the faithfulness that he had when he was early into a lot of people doing that. I know he was going to become that and being a pastor and leading people. No, but you never really know where God wants to bring you until you let God bring you. So I thought that was good that, you know, even with all the different things around him, he just kept being faithful to God. Well, if I, when I go back and think, I think about, you know, the way that he always carried himself. Um, he never felt like he was trying to say, look what I'm doing or look what I'm going to do. He just did what was inside of him. And I thought that was really great because he became more than he thought he was going to become. But when you serve God, God opens up doors that no man can close. So I think the doors opened for him because his heart was right. And when his heart is right, it leads your direction right. And I think that that's really what happened. And he, he had a desire to see people. He had a desire to see people saved. And uh, he always kept the, the good thing about him, I can tell you, he always kept the same attitude. It didn't change from him not being a preacher to being a preacher. He always kept the same spirit. And that's the good thing about a man of God. And I think a lot of people need to pick up being a man 
truthfully and serving God with your heart, your mind, and everything else. God called Pastor to teach a Bible study, which what just started out with only his family, he still needed a place to teach. God led Pastor here, 2711 Nottingham Way, this firehouse, where we've been for the last eight years. And over the course of this time, we've grown tremendously. We've learned to adapt through hard times. We all know through COVID a couple years ago, it drove us to be separate for a few months. That's when basement church arrived. Having church in a basement ignited a different kind of fire. We opened up and learned how to transition to having online services. Our congregation grew. People who never heard, knew about Christ in the church, came to know about us because of us being able to adapt. So while we're here, let's just take a few moments to speak with some people who and speak to some qualities that they're most grateful for, most thankful for in our pastor. The qualities of our pastor White is that he's a humble man of God. We appreciate him for all that he's contributed into the body of Christ. He is, again, a person that we look to as God's man, as God's leader, and that he is a true man of God to the, towards his people towards, and towards serving the kingdom of God at large. The qualities I'm most grateful for my pastor is his love, his compassion, and his honesty and accountability to his congregation. So we're here. All roads lead here. Four Tennis Courts, our new home. This will be the building where our family, our friends, our children, next generation will be here and will be raised up, led by the vision of our pastor. Uh, so while we're here, we might as well talk to a few more people about what qualities they're truly grateful for in our pastor, Pastor Wyatt quality that I'm most thankful for in Pastor Wyatt is uh, his credibility. He's always been true to his beliefs and his values. He's always been honest with himself 
and with others. Um, to me, that stands out, and it goes a long way, um, especially being a leader in the church. How kind he is to everybody and very welcoming to all the new people in the church. Truly, how righteous he is. Um, I, I just think that's a separation from most men because that desire and that passion to maintain such righteousness is very, very daunting. Um, he takes that on full-fledged to be as righteous um, as he was as a new convert and as he is today as a pastor. Um, and that consistency, I can say as well, is a great quality. It's very, very humbling and inspiring, not only as a member of the church, but also as his son. He's like my spiritual guru and a life advisor as well. I'm not sure if it's because of doing his pastoral duties why his advices are like, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. It's like something that you've never thought about. When he gives you an advice, it's like, I never thought about it this way. And you apply it and it actually works because his advices, they match up with spiritual aspects as well. Wow, love those responses. We all truly can find some qualities in our pastor that we can all be grateful and thankful for. So one more time, let's ask some people how they can encourage pastor because we know doing all what he does, this is not easy. Pastor was but known to me as partner. And um, that's my partner. He's also my brother. He's my little big brother. I'd encourage you, pastor, to just keep doing what you're doing. Love God and love people like you've always done. He has such a passion um, to see people saved and to deliver this message. And so he's just, he's not stopped. That's one thing I know. And he just, Pastor, I just encourage you to just keep on going. Don't lose that um, ounce that you have or the, uh, the energy that you have. Uh, I know times may get tough and sometimes, you know, you're a human being, you get a little discouraged maybe. But I know from knowing you and being around you that you don't stay in that space for long. You just always bring the positive. You know, you may be knocked down for a little bit, but you know, you, you, you're so resilient. You just pick up and you always look at the positive. And I just encourage you to keep on doing that. Don't give up on, I know you don't give up on people. You don't give up on me. <laughs> keep praying for me. <laughs> and, and just stay encouraged. And just know that we're here. We, we keep on lifting you up. Um, you know, you're my buddy. You'll be my buddy. I don't care. We're human, but we still, whatever mistakes you make, you'll always be my brother. I would encourage Pastor Wyatt to continue to keep up the good work that he has started and um, just to continue laboring for the kingdom of God and doing what God has called him to do and to know that we are supporting him in everything that he does. I would encourage him to keep on preaching the word. Even a lot of time he cuts me left, right, and center, but keep on preaching. New levels comes with new devils. Um, I'm confident that he is more than prepared. He has more than enough faith. Um, and I just pray that he can maintain that faith. He can have the endurance that's needed uh, to be a leader, not only for his immediate family, but for the extended family in this church um, and all the new converts that will be joining the church as well. Uh, so, Father, Pastor, 
Uh, may you continue to endure, pursue, and be the man of God that you were made to be. Continue to be the awesome man of God that God has called you to be. Continue to be the leader that God has called you to be. Um, also, continue to smile. Um, that smile brightens up everybody's day. Um, so to me, that's my encouragement to him. One way I would encourage him is to just say, keep being you and keep being the awesome pastor and father that you are. Pastor is for the youth, and I like how he's passionate for them when it comes down to them growing spiritually and in life as well. So I would just say the vision that he has, especially for a church coming up that will be in soon, I would say just keep doing the good things that you have been doing, giving us advice, encouraging us in our pathway, and just continue to be you, Pastor, the genuine person you are. So you thought the video was over, but we can't end this appreciation without honoring the backbone, right? Because it's hard for us to have the head without the backbone. And we have to honor our first lady as well. So this next portion of the video is just for you, first lady Wyatt, because we appreciate you that much as well. She's very special to me. She's always been special. And I see her as being a first lady who is a worker and loving people and being behind her husband. Because they say behind every, I would say, righteous man or godly man is a godly woman. And sometimes, Sister Wyatt, First Lady, that we don't get our due, but it's all in the Lord. And in his time, you know, sometimes we can be working behind the scenes. But you're so special on this pastor appreciation month because you work just as hard as your husband works. I appreciate you and your qualities will get you everywhere. Your godly qualities. You're a woman of God. You I know you love the Lord. And I and you know, I I'm just gonna call you Nicola because you're my Nicola. But you're first lady. And I know that you love me, and I know you are a loving woman. And I know the Bible says this, love is the greatest gift you can have. And I believe that the two of you, God has a great work for you. I believe that if you just do what you're doing and what you've always done, that the Lord has got the whole world out there for you. The qualities I'm thankful for, for my mother-in-law, um, her loving spirit, her kind heart, she always check up on me, she always check on um, the kids, um, she's very genuine in her, her walk with God, uh, she's very passionate in what she loves and what she does. One quality I'm thankful for my mom is that she's a great cook and I love eating her food. The quality I'm most thankful for is um, that First Lady is so thoughtful. Um, she's caring and she never goes too long without checking in on you and I truly appreciate that. She's very genuine, down to earth, passionate, very inspirational and she inspires all the ladies of CCC and she's amazing. 
I would say just keep being a hard worker like you are. Keep cooking and um, just be kind. Keep moving and flowing in the direction that God is allowing her. Nicola, just continue doing the will of God and continue being who you are, and I love you. Keep being who you are. I know being a first lady of a church is difficult, but you have such an inviting spirit, and um, you know people can identify with you. We really love you guys. And if I can say anything about the two of you, from the time you got saved, you just hit the ground running. You love the Lord, and you work for the Lord. And I believe if you just do what you have always done, the Lord is going to bless you enormously. And I believe that you guys are sold out. And I believe that whatever you set your life to do, God is going to anoint it. And it's going to be greater than you can even imagine. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise Jesus. Oh, it's good to be in the house of God. I'm making a presentation for my wonderful pastor. There's no need for me to say anything else because he already saw the video and everybody has said it already. You know, um, we the people of Christ-centered church, Pastor Wyatt, we really love you. We love everything about you. And we truly thank God that you have been favored by God and God chose you to lead his people. We bless your name, Lord Jesus Christ, and thank you for loving Pastor. And we pray your blessings upon him and his family. We're going to ask Pastor and, and Sister Wyatt to come on up. Your presentation, Pastor Wyatt. From uh, <laughs> this is your present from um, Christ Center Church. Your people love you, really. Your people love you. So I want to say something about our pastor's wife. You know, she is married to our bishop. And she is the mother of his children. She's a very committed wife. Because when he is preaching down there, I would hear her say, come on, praise the Lord, hallelujah. She's very suppo supportive of him. And I admired, her, I, I admired that in her. Um, I also have something on the side because I noticed that she's a person who encourages. She's a person who compliments. She's very sociable. I notice her when she goes over to even the new people. She's go over there and she will hug them. She will talk to them. Very, very nice person. She's a don't-to-hurt, as Jamaica would say. Don't-to-hurt person. And I admire that. I just want to read a little poem for her. Because sometimes, because she's in the back all the time, that doesn't mean we don't see what you're doing. 
um, I notice how you go about cleaning even the bathrooms. You know, some people wouldn't do that as a pastor wife. And I've been there, done that, know that. So, kudos to you, ma'am. I want to read this poem. You have stood faithfully along the side of the man of God with love, support, encouragement, and faith setting. An example of true commitment to him and the work he has been called to do. The wife of a pastor is no ordinary role. It's not the jealous, it's not for the jealous nor timid soul. So I take this moment without further ado to say we celebrate you. Though demands are never ending and recognitions are few, your smile are ever present, never stale, each one new. You are an example to the sisters and the encourager to the brothers. While obeying Christ's command that we serve one another, you are gloriously appreciated as an enhancer of light. You are not just a queen, you're a pastor's wife. And with this I say from Christ Center Church, the body of Christ Center Church, we just want to give you this as our appreciation. And we love you. We love you. Keep on doing the work of the Lord. God bless you. Bless you both. <laughs> Brother Jones, I love Brother Jones. I love Brother Jones. Where you going, Sister Wyatt? Stand right here. I, I got to do the Brother Jones, too. Did you all know what Brother Jones just did? Sister Josephine didn't look like she know where she needed to go. He said, this way. Then she's trying to walk off. I'm like, what are you doing this way? Stand right here. <laughs> we got good men in this church. Hallelujah. Hey, I got to just say, I, I thank all of you. You know, all this stuff, you know, in my mind, I'm like, oh, ah, you know, but I... What, what can I do? You all, you know, I, I learned a long time ago. A long time ago, I, I, I'm learning to embrace these things because a long time ago, I remember we used to go out to conferences and they would say, ministers, you know, will you stand? And I just wouldn't stand. And then all the folks from our church would start to look at me like, what are you doing? And I realized a little bit after, you know, you live and you learn, Brother Dibble. I, I realized that they wanted me to represent them. And so while I sat there to, you know, just didn't want to be in any spotlight, they needed me to represent them and they needed me to stand and says, I'm a minister from First Pentecostal. And so I learned that, that, you know, I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for, you know, the body of Christ. And so I, I've learned it along the way. And today, again, I appreciate all that you are doing, all you have done, because I know that you're doing it from the bottom of your heart and appreciation. And um, I, I just love that, how we exchange, we give to one another. And that's how the body is supposed to function. And so I thank you so very much. Ethan, with all of that, you ready to sing another song? We probably need one song because you all did this. I need Brother Dibble to come up, um, you know, after one more song. You all ready? But it can't be long. <laughs> it got to be short and sweet. But, but you all kind of, you know, got this thing going in a different direction. I want Brother Dibble to come and run. And jump and sing and shout. So um, y'all come and give them a quick song. But while they're coming, I just want to say this morning, um, Brother John, 
I haven't seen him in a while because he's got a lot going. And you all don't know he's got a lot going in his life. And I just so respect him so much because he works. He takes care of his family. Um, he does so much. And I texted him last night and just told him how much I missed him. And he set me up. He did not even allude to he would be here this morning. He made it seem like I would see him probably in some weeks. And John, it's so good to see you this morning. And I'm curious. I'm dying to know who is the young man next to you. He's your uncle. And he's a pastor. Amen. He's a missionary in India. Amen. I am so glad that both of you can be here this morning. And we're so thankful. Would he like to say something? Okay, please say something. How many of you are blessed by this man of God? You love him? You want to love him indeed? On a pastor's appreciation day, uh, giving a bouquet's not enough. I just want to encourage you. Everyone who said you love him, bring $100. I'm a guest. I'm putting my first $100. Oh, oh. Come on. Come, come. Some of you, come. Come, come. Come. Just saying I love you, not enough. Where's your $100? <laughs> There we go. This is real love and expression. Amen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, right? You got to have substance if you have faith. <laughs> I'm giving there? Oh, okay. Okay, here. How many more love him? Show him. Show him. You're moving to a big building, you know that. I don't know anything about that. I don't even know his name. <laughs> I'm standing here and wondering the same thing. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> uh, okay. Slowly. Slowly. You have to run. When I take offering, people run to me. <laughs> I preach in uh, 2,150 different churches in 30 countries. Never heard this name, Christ-centered church. That uh, church name gives a message. Amen? So, I love you all. John said, uh, I went down to this church. Pastor checked me. So, would you like to go? Yeah, I'll go. Mm -hmm. I went to a church last week. It's all dead, you know. <laughs> By mistake, we went there. Okay. So, one, two, three, four, five. Come on, come on, come on. At least you see at least $1,000 here. <laughs> you want a big building? So big. You want to have a big building? Enjoy. So big. Come, come. Five only? Six? He didn't know me. I didn't know him. 
he didn't suggest this. The Lord suggested. Amen? How many more? I need four more. Come on, stand. Four more. Get up. Get up. I spoke in one church in India. One man came from UK. By mistake, came there. I, he heard me preach. And uh, he said, I was touched by that message. I never heard a message like this. I, I preached the message. By faith, Abel gave more excellent offering. By it, this offering made him righteous. Do you know that? How many unrighteous people sit in the church not giving tithe? Still have the Adam's nature. Adam ate the pipe. God told him not to touch it. Still in the churches. See, I told you I preached in Mozambique. Now I'm preaching more in Africa. I finished five, seven countries already. Gabon, Liberia, Cameroon, Sierra Leone, Guinea, Gambia. I'm going to all 54 countries. God told me to do that. So <laughs> every country, 1,000 to 1,100 pastors come for five days. That's my main goal. And uh, I'm with the gift of God transforming with the revelation of faith and prosperity. So this is my last word from the Bible. Romans 10, 7 and 8. Don't say that who shall bring Christ from up to the and who shall bring Christ from the dead? You know, <laughs> they're trying to res resurrect Christ. You know, there are people in the church. <laughs> but the word is, what's that? Romans 10, 8. The word is near you, 9B. When the pastor preaches, the word comes near you. Then what errors it should be? It should be in your mouth. That means you should talk the message. What you heard on your way home, then only it will get into your heart. You understand? Amen. Then only it gets into your heart. And then that's called the word of faith, which Paul preached. He says, any other preaching, let him be a curse for you. You have to preach word of faith. Amen? How many of you love word of faith? That's what I preach. My name is John and Paul. Okay? <laughs> so I'll go to my seat. Three, four, five, six, seven. Let it go more than thousand. I like that. Amen. But I must see thousand here. Amen. Eight. Amen. So what did that man from the UK, by mistake, he slipped into the church where I was preaching? He wrote a check. You want to hear that? Eight million dollars. <laughs> Anointing will change everything. Amen? Amen? Everybody lift your hand and say, I see my big church already. I see my building waiting for me. I will touch it soon. When God said, let us make man in our image and likeness, and uh, first chapter, 
And then verse 28, he blessed them. But they didn't show up until second chapter. Right? Second chapter, verse 7. What's the secret here? When he spoke the invisible word, Adam existed invisibly. God blessed him. When he put his hand in the dirt, that's called sowing. Then that manifestation came. Okay, I just want to say a prayer. Father, I bless this place. We are going to another church, but John said, come to this church. And I pray, bless John, double portion, and the pastor whose name I still don't know. But bless him in such a way, his blessing will be overflowing, waiting for him at the red light. Hallelujah. Standing to welcome him. Everybody shout, building, be ready. Be ready. We are coming in Jesus' name. Man, can we stand to our feet one more time before we welcome our speaker, Pastor Dibble? Let's just praise the Lord one more time. If we could just stand to our feet. I know we've been sitting for a while. One more time, if we could put our hands together in this place. Can we put our hands together? Hallelujah, Jesus. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, I'm purchased of God. Born of His Spirit, oh, I'm washing His blood. But oh, I can't stop singing. Oh, this freedom song. Oh, I'm praising my Savior. Father Taylor, Father Taylor. I got a song, I got a song, and I sing it loud. I praise it for it Everybody clap your hands. Everybody clap your hands. Sing blessed, blessed assurance. Sing Jesus is. Jesus is. If you know the words, help us sing it. Sing. Oh, what a foretaste of glory. Of glory divine. Sing air of salvation. Air of Purchased up, purchased up, sing born up, born up his spirit. Oh, I'm washing his blood. Oh, said I can't stop singing. Oh, this freedom song. Oh, I'm praising my savior. Everybody clap those hands. Woo! 
testify? Did he heal you? Yes. Did he free you? Yes. Did he save your soul? Yes. Did he make you whole? Yes. Yes. Did he wash you? Yes. Transform you? Yes. Did he redeem you? Yes. And cleanse you? Jesus. Amen. Remain standing. We're not going to delay the service any further before we hear the preaching. It's on. It's just not on. It's just not up. Um, amen. I, I, I think I need turned up. I know we got our online congregation still going. Amen. We want to make sure they're hearing. There we go. Um, as you all, uh, if you've been in tune with what's been going on here, um, the Dibbles have traveled from Connecticut all the way down here to spend the past four days with us. They ministered to us Thursday night, and uh, we've just been blessed by their ministry. Friday night, they ministered again. We hung out yesterday, spent some time together in fellowship. That was outstanding. And here we are this morning. They ministered at our 9 a.m. service, power pack. God spoke to our hearts, and we're going to hear him today for the final time this year and in this building and we want Brother Dibble to come and take his liberty and minister to us. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's praise the Lord together for a moment. Can we do that? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. No, let's really praise the Lord for a moment. Let's feel after the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I worship you, God. I worship you, God. I worship you, God. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, we need you, Jesus. We can't do anything without you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, we commit the remainder of this service into your hands, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. You can be seated for a moment this morning. Again, what a, a privilege it's been to be here 
Christ-centered church, worshiping the Lord together with you. Um, can I just do what I feel like doing, Brother Wyatt? I have so many things running through my mind right now. When I, when I ask you to pray before, um, I've, I've got a long message and a short message. I'm trying to figure out which direction I should go. If you had known that, would you have prayed a little harder with a little more intensity? Praise God. Children of Israel, I talked about it Friday night, I believe it was. Children of Israel, when they came out of the wilderness and God brought them out of Egypt and brought them to the promised land. The scripture says there are so many things we can learn from that, that these things were written for our example. We can take a lesson. And so I see how the children of Israel came out of Egypt, the scripture says, with a high hand. They, they came out of Egypt triumphantly, victoriously, and then they came. They crossed the Red Sea and walked across on dry ground. And uh, there's, there's victory in the camp. But when they, finally, when they finally get to the promised land, they're just about, you know, they've been wandering around for 40 years and, and they're, not, they're not walking with a high hand like they were when they left Egypt. When they left Egypt... Uh, God gave them everything they needed. They didn't have to wander for 40 years in the wilderness. It didn't have to take 40 years to prepare their hearts to get to the promised land that God had for them. They could have walked out of, the, uh, out of Egypt with a high hand and then walked right into the promised land with a high hand as well. And I want you to know, you're leaving this place. You're leaving the firehouse. You're not going to be here for much longer. And I believe God is going to bring you out with a high hand. You, you, have, you have one or two choices. You can go out with your bottom lip dragging on the ground and just barely make it out of the building and, and barely just get to where you're going. Or you can go out with a high hand. You can go out, God, having filled people with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And God brings new individuals here. And, and, and they're baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. And you can go into that new building and the same thing starts happening over there. Or you can just kind of drag yourself in. And what I feel led to do is I feel led just to ask Pastor Wyatt and his wonderful wife to come one more time. I, I'm going to preach the short message, okay? Don't, don't anybody be alarmed. But I, I, want, I want them to come. These, this is your shepherd. These are the ones that watch for your soul. You don't know the times, the number of times at night that God moves them out of that place of sleep to plead for your soul, to stand in the gap, as it were, and make up the difference. 
God will work on this man's heart and tell him where you're at. I don't mean to make you afraid, but oftentimes before you know, he knows the direction you're headed. And God will give him a word to minister to this church, to turn the body around and back where you need to be. Now, we're getting ready to enter into a time of growth, a time of building. And there's going to be a lot of stress that will weigh on these two shoulders. There's going to be a lot of energy expended. There's going to, there's going to be a lot of late nights and early mornings, a lot of work being done. And you're going to feel it, but more than you feel it, these two are going to feel it. Because they carry the burden for every soul in this sanctuary. They're carrying a burden for those that are not even here yet. And so if you would, I, I would like you to stand together with me one more time. If some of the leaders of this, just stand out here in, in the middle. If some of the leaders of this church or God's placed a burden on your heart for these two, if you would gather around them. And, and we're not just going to do it today. We're committing over the next months and year, however, it long, however long it takes, you're going to lift your pastor and his wife and their family up in prayer every day. Somebody's going to have to come alongside and lift up his hands if the job's going to get done, right? Come on, let's pray for them together. We're getting ready to enter into a time of building. We're getting ready to enter into a time of revival and growth. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, let a fresh touch of your anointing rest upon Pastor Wyatt and his wife today, Jesus. You're equipping them right now to get the job done. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, this is the watchman that watches out for your soul. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We pray you'd give strength, oh God. Give supernatural strength, dear Lord. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Every day we're going to pray for our pastor. Every day we're going to lift him up, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. If you have your Bibles this morning, very quickly turn with me to the book of Revelation, chapter number 3 and verse number 20. It's there on the screen. I'll give you a moment to...
turn there in your Bibles if you so desire. Revelation chapter 3 and verse number 20. What a privilege it has been for my wife and I to have been able to minister here in this church. We love you all. Feel like part of the family. Praise God. And I, I can't wait to come back and rejoice with you in the new building. Praise God. I'm looking forward to it. I was able to, to visit yesterday and uh, see it, and, and it's going to be amazing. Praise God. Revelation chapter 3 and verse number 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Praise God. You can be seated this morning. I want to talk to you on this subject for just a little while. I'll try to make up some time here. I want to talk to you about the door God will not open. The door God will not open. I saw an advertisement the other day about a guy that hadn't had his breakfast yet. He was at work and and he gathered his things together from his desk and he was trying to get to a meeting. He had everything in his hands and he's trying to get to that meeting, but he walked right into a glass wall. Instead of walking in through the glass door that was open right next to him. And he spilled all his coffee all over the glass and all over his shirt. And he dropped all of his stuff to the ground. And everybody that was inside the room turned and looked at him like, what in the world is this guy's problem? Well, the advertisement implied that if he would have just had some Belveda breakfast biscuits, then none of this would have happened. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I've never had Belveda breakfast biscuits, so maybe if you've had them, you can tell me if that's going to help you out or not. But I don't know if it's true or not, but the image of that guy walking into a glass wall stuck with me. That is definitely a door that will not open because it's not even a door. Now, this is not my message today, but how many know God will not open up a door that is not according to His will. He'll allow you to try to open up any door you want to open up, but that does not make it God's will just because you were able to force the door open. And sometimes we blast a hole in the wall and call it a door, and then when things don't work out, we turn around and blame God because it didn't go like we planned. Again, that's not my message. That was just for free. There's this great story in the book of Acts, chapter number 12, that illustrates what I want to talk to you about today. This is a story about Peter being delivered from prison. Herod the king, also known as Herod Agrippa I, had an anxiousness about him to please the Jews. He really wanted the Jews to like him. And uh, he knew the Jews were against the Christians. And so Herod, the Bible says, 
takes James, the brother of John, and he kills him. And this scores Herod some major points with the Jews, and he decides it worked so well when I killed James. I'm going to capture Peter as well, and I'm going to kill him. And so Peter is captured, but because it is the Passover, Herod does not want to dishonor this holy day and lose all the favor and the goodwill that he had accumulated with the Jews. And so he puts Peter in prison and he plans to kill him the next day. The Bible says that Herod delivers Peter into the hands of four quaternions of soldiers. That is four groups of four or 16 soldiers. I don't know why Herod thought Peter was so dangerous. Maybe news of Peter's taking a swing with the sword and cutting off the ear of the temple guard had followed him around and now Peter has a reputation of being a a, a tough character and so Herod thought I'm better off being safe than sorry. Or maybe Herod had heard how the Lord Jesus left the sealed tomb and he said that's not going to happen again and and, and I'm going to put Peter under the guard of 16 soldiers. And after the celebration, I'm going to bring him forth to the people and I'm going to kill him. It, it, it just kind of seems like an overkill to assign 16 men to guard one man. So the scripture says that Peter was kept in prison under the guard of these soldiers. In fact, it seems like they feared Peter so much or they feared his escape so much. The scripture says he's chained in between two soldiers. One side of the chain is on Peter's left hand and the other side of the chain is on one soldier on his left side. The other side of the chain is on his right hand, and that chain goes to another guard that's on his right side. And not only that, there are two more guards just outside of the locked door of the prison cell. Again, to me, this seems like a little bit of an excessive use of guards. After all, this is just a preacher. This is just Peter, a former fisherman turned man of God. But not only is Peter guarded by these four soldiers, there are also 12 other soldiers that are making their rounds, keeping their watch over the preacher, Peter. This seems like a pretty secure prison. This seems like even 007 James Bond himself would have had a hard time escaping out of this prison. Maybe even Houdini would have had a tough time here. The prison doors are shut tight. Verse 5, 
of Acts chapter 12 has an interesting statement recorded. It says, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Isn't that a great statement? That lets me know that even when everything seems to be against me and even when all the odds are not in my favor and even if the situation looks dead and over with, there is still another tool at the disposal of the church of the living God. We can go to God in prayer. We can go to the Lord Jesus Christ with our problem in the time of need. We know that our God is very skilled at opening doors that nobody else can open up. We know our God can do things that no one else can do. Praise God. Verse 6 lets me know that even when we may think it is too late, God is still on the job, and he's working on our behalf. Herod is getting ready to bring Peter forth to kill him. And the night before is when God decides that it's time for him to manifest his power and work a miracle. Most times we are impatient with God. We want the answer yesterday if possible. We want God to have already taken care of the problem before it gets down to crunch time. We want God to have already moved on our behalf before we start feeling a little uneasy about the situation. But the night before is when God decides he's going to move. Now, I've got to take a moment here and point out that verse 6 tells us Peter is fast asleep the night before he is to die. Years later, Peter would write the books of First and Second Peter, and I just can't help but wonder if this experience that he has while he's in prison helped shape and inform what he would later write in first peter 5 and 7 it says casting all your care upon him for he careth for you this is not just some platitude that peter would write to comfort feeble-minded folks but this is something that peter had lived out in his life Apparently, the man who wrote these words practiced them as well. For the night before he was to die, Peter is sleeping. Obviously, Peter knew what it was to cast all one's care upon the Lord. So there is Peter in prison. Sixteen guards around him. He's about to die and he is just sleeping. But I have to point out to you, he's not just sleeping. He is sleeping so soundly that the angel of the Lord 
appearing out of nowhere in his cell doesn't even wake him up. How many moms and dads have ever had a child walk into your room while you were sleeping and just stare at your face until you wake up and your eyes open? Oh, how long have you been there? Something about it. When someone gets in your space, you just kind of wake up. But Peter never stirs even at the angel of the Lord appearing out of nowhere in his cell. Not only that, but he did not wake up when the angel flips all the light switches on in the cell. It says, a light shined in the prison, and Peter still does not wake up. I don't know about you, but when somebody turns the lights on, I wake up, but not Peter. Finally, it says the angel smote Peter. The word means to physically strike a blow. So you're getting the picture here. The angel is shaking Peter. Peter, wake up. Peter, wake up. Peter, come on, Peter, wake up, Peter. And all at once, Peter stirs and he comes awake, kind of. Because we're going to see later that Peter thinks he's having a dream, that he's just seeing a vision. And so the angel has to physically raise Peter up, saying, arise quickly, or Come on, sleepyhead, let's get going. It's time to get out of here. And when he gets up, the Scripture says the chains fall off. In verse 8, the angel says, get your coat, get your shoes, follow me because we're getting out of here. The next verse shows us that Peter still thinks he's having a dream. He's, he still thinks he's seeing a vision. The door of the prison cell opens up on its own. And the angel and Peter walk out. They pass by the first group of guards. And another door opens. And they walk through. They pass by the second group of guards. And another door opens. The outer door of the prison. Poof just opens up on its own, and they walk through. They get to the iron gate that leads into the city. That that big old thing just sweeps open on its own, and they walk back into the city. The angel and Peter are walking down a street in the city when the angel disappears, and now Peter's walking all alone, and he still thinks he's having a dream. All at once, Peter wakes up and shakes himself and realizes what has happened. And he proclaims, now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. He was saying, 
if I didn't know it before, I know it now that my God is a delivering God. If you are going to come along today and try to tell me that my God does not still deliver people out of the bondage of sin, then you've come too late because I know he can just speak and chains have to fall to the ground. If you come along and try to tell me God can't still reach down into a pit of sin and deliver a life from sin and destruction, you've come too late because I know he's setting people free from their past. If you're going to come along today and try to tell me that my God is not a healer, then you've come too late because I know he's a healer. My own dad was born without any eyeballs in his head. And Brother Wyatt can tell you, you've met my dad. He had eyes, didn't he? Before he passed away, he had eyes. Miraculously, eight days after he was born, the church was gathered together and they were praying. And the nurse came running out of the room where he was, screaming, He's got eyes! He's got eyes! He's got eyes! I could preach for another hour about the miracles that I've seen happen with my own eyes. My wife, the doctor, said, You'll never have any children. We have four children now. If you come along and try to tell me God's not still healing today and doing miracles today and setting people free today, these are not things I heard about somebody else do or happen in somebody else's life. These are things that are happening right now, today. Praise God. Praise God. And I'm preaching this morning about the door that God will not open. At this point in the story, Peter delivered from prison. The story takes another turn. Peter realizes he's not having a dream, and he decides, I'm going to go to Mary's house, the mother of John Mark. And he's knocking on the door of the house, and a young girl by the name of Rhoda hears him and she goes to the door and in her sweetest voice she says, Who is it? And Peter answers her, It's me, Peter. Open up and let me in. The Bible says that when she knew Peter's voice, she was so excited that she turns around and runs back into the house where the church was gathered together praying and tells everybody, guess what? Peter's at the door. The only problem was she was so excited she forgot to open the door for him. Now, it's interesting that all the saints were gathered praying for Peter to be delivered. But they don't even believe what they're praying for. 
Because they tell Rhoda, you are mad. You have lost your ever-loving mind. Rhoda, that's why we're here in this room. We're praying for Peter to be delivered. He can't be at the door. But she kept telling them, Peter's at the door. And finally, they said to her, I know what it is. You've seen a ghost. It's a ghost at the door. Now, folks, think with me here for a moment. Which is easier to believe? That Peter actually was delivered from prison? The thing they were praying for God to do? Or that there was a ghost at the door. While they're discussing this, the conversation is interrupted by a loud knocking at the door. Verse 16 says, Peter kept on knocking. And when they opened the door, they saw that it really was Peter. It says they were astonished. Now, let's think about this again. Why wouldn't this door open? Why did Peter have to knock? Every other door opened up for him that night. An angel breaks into the prison. The chains fall to the ground of their own accord. The prison cell door opens up. The door opens by the first ward of guards. The door opens by the second ward of guards. The iron gate of the city opens up on its own in the middle of the night. But when he gets to Mary's house, God does not open that door. Why not? He's opened every other door that night because God will not open the door that you can open up for yourself. God brought you here this morning. He worked out the details for you to get to church today. He sent somebody to tell you about this church. He caused there to be a hunger in your heart. He caused there to be some discontent in your life. He helped you feel that there was something missing from your life. You got here this morning and you felt the wonderful presence of God. While we were singing, there was something going on in your heart. You may have said to yourself, I don't understand everything that's going on, but I like what I feel. And our text of Scripture from Revelation says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. God will not force open the door 
to your heart. But he will stand knocking. And the only qualification for him coming in, not that you be a good person, not that you have a certain amount of money, not that you have a certain last name, the only qualification for the Lord Jesus coming into your heart is for you to open up the door. How do I open the door to my heart? I'm glad you asked. You just obey the gospel message. Where is the gospel located in Scripture so I can read about it? It's found in the book of Acts. If someone could come to the piano, please. It's in the book of Acts, which records the beginning of the church. The Gospels point us to the Lord Jesus Christ. They record the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. The book of Acts records the beginning of the church. It tells us how to get into the church. The epistles or the letters written to the church tell us how to stay in the church. So if you're looking for instructions about how to get into the church, you go to the book of Acts, the beginning of the church. You don't go to the epistles to find out how to get into the church. You go to the book of Acts, the beginning of the church. Of the church. Acts chapter 2. Verse number 36. Peter was preaching that day. He preached a wonderful gospel message. Remember it's when the Holy Ghost was poured out. All the people gathered around and they said what's going on here we hear every man speaking in our own tongue what in the world is happening here and peter stood up and he began to preach to them from genesis all the way to present day the gospel message and in verse 36 he gets to the most crucial point he says therefore Let all the house of Israel know assuredly this same Jesus whom ye have crucified is both Lord and Christ, both Yahweh and Messiah, both the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament, one in the same, not three separate entities, but one in the same, this same Jesus that you just crucified is both Lord and Christ. Revelation. He gave them revelation. Now when they heard this, verse 37, they were pricked in their heart. They recognized the condition of their own heart. 
they recognized what they had just participated in crucifying the Messiah the one they had been waiting for when they heard this they were pricked in their heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles men and brethren what shall we do they responded how many have ever heard a Holy Ghost message before you, you've been in the sanctuary and you've heard somebody preach a gospel message and you felt, hey, there's something I need to do about that, but you never did it. You never took that step and responded to the Lord. Verse 38, then, not before then, not before the preaching of who Jesus was, but then. Not before they recognized the condition of their own heart, but then. Not before they responded and said, what do we need to do? But then Peter said unto them, repent. You must repent of your sins in order to be saved. Repentance is not just crying some tears and saying, I'm sorry. That's selfishness. I got caught. I got found out. And I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to the alternative to heaven, the only other place I can go. And so I, I recognize there's something I have to do. That's selfishness. Repentance is allowing God to come into our heart and change the motive of our heart. You can't change your own motive. Only God can reach down into the heart and change the motive of an individual. But it doesn't stop there. And be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. It doesn't say for the remission of your sins. It says for the remission of sins. That's because in Christian baptism, it gives you the power to also forgive those who have wronged you. It forgives those sins you have committed against other people, the hurts you have perpetrated on other people, and the sins you have committed against God. But it also gives you the ability, and my, isn't this important today in the world that we live in where everybody's hurting one another and everybody's tearing one another down, and we don't hardly come to God without some deep hurts inside. Christian baptism gives you the ability or the power to forgive those who have wronged you as God is forgiving you. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Can I just tell you today, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you can receive it today. If you haven't been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you can be baptized today. We can figure out some way to do it today. If you've never repented of your sins, that's a good place to start today. You can do that today. But I have to tell you as I bring this to a close, 
the door of the ark shut eventually. Noah preached for a long time, a good many years, and that door of the ark remained open. But one day it shut and nobody else could enter in. There's coming a day. It's called the rapture of the church when a trumpet will sound and the bride of Christ will rise to meet the Lord in the air. The bride are those who have repented, those who have been baptized in Jesus' name, those who have received the gift of the Holy Ghost. The bride of Christ will rise to meet Him in the air. And one day, the door of salvation, the door of heaven will be closed for good. I urge you today, as we stand together, I urge you today, don't put it off another day. Don't put it off another hour. Don't put it off another moment. But come right now. These altars are open. Anybody that needs the gift of the Holy Ghost, Anybody that needs to make your calling and election sure in the Lord Jesus. Anybody that maybe you've strayed away a little bit from the Lord. Or you just want to make sure that I'm good, I'm right, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to meet the Lord. Or maybe God has been knocking on the door of your heart to be involved in this church. Not just to be a spectator. Not just to come on Sunday and see how everybody's dressed and see what everybody's doing. But maybe God's been knocking on the door of your heart because He wants you to be involved in a ministry in this church. He wants you to be involved somewhere serving in the kingdom of God. But you have never opened up the door as of yet. Can I challenge you today? Open up the door. Open up the door of your heart. Open up and let the Lord Jesus in. The only qualification for Him coming in is that you open up the door. Come on, let's praise Him together. Why don't we turn this sanctuary into one big altar area and let's just feel after the Lord today. Let's allow Him to do what He wants to do today. Come on all over the sanctuary. Let's reach out to Him. Open up the door today. Their children do. The second chapter, you can read it for yourself. You don't have to ask anybody else. Holy Ghost, Jesus has given away. Oh, it's for me and it's for you. Thank you, Lord. Come on, open the door today. The Lord Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. He wants to bring you to another level in Him. Open up the door today. Hallelujah. Second chapter, you can read it for yourself. You don't have to ask 
anybody else about the Holy Ghost, Jesus is giving away. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Let's praise Him. Let's thank Him today. Jesus, we thank you. Jesus, we adore you. Oh, would somebody magnify the name of the Lord, the name of Jesus. There is none like Him. Oh, Lord, we adore you. We adore you, oh, great God. But there is none. We thank you today, Lord. You have been so good to us. You've been so good to us. You've been so good to us. Oh, Lord Jesus, who can compare to thee, oh, God? You're the Lord God, strong and mighty. You're the Lord God, mighty in battle. There is nothing too hard for you, Jesus. There is nothing too hard for your great God. Oh, we love you, we love you, we love you, we love you. Anybody love the Lord today? Anybody love Jesus? Oh, Jesus, we praise you. We praise you, oh God, we praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. You still don't have to leave here today. If you're not born again, baptized in Jesus' name, having all your sins washed away, you can do so. We can baptize you right now. If you've never been baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus. If God is knocking on your heart right now, obedience is how you open it. The door of your heart 
is opened by obedience. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a wonderful word from the Lord. The door God will not open. I know oftentimes we think of the Lord, we think he just do whatever. He just don't do whatever. That's why sometimes when, he say, when we say God can do anything, we got to know in what context we're talking about. Because <laughs> he will not open some doors. And the door of your heart, he will not open. That's totally up to you and me. If we don't open it, it's our loss. Hallelujah. I want you to remain standing. We're not going to keep you any longer. But we want to thank Pastor Dibble for coming from Connecticut. Sister Dibble, we want to thank God for them, them coming and ministering and pouring out of themselves to minister to us. We're so grateful for that. Brother Dibble, thank you. Sister Dibble, thank you. We love you so very, very much. We do. We appreciate you. Thank God for however he did it, brought us together. I thank God for that. I cherish all the relationships that I have, and this certainly is one of the relationships I cherish very dearly because these are some wonderful people. I learn a lot from them, and I love to keep people in my life that I can learn from. Amen. Hallelujah. We thank God for the Dibbles. They have a wonderful family, a wonderful church. Amen. And um, they've just been such a great blessing to us and to the kingdom of God. Amen. I want to say before we dismiss the missionary Reverend John Paul, we're so thankful that you came today and you are here. By the way, that is his name, John Paul. That's right. And so we thank God for him and uh, him being here today. And John, thank you for coming today. I didn't expect you, and it certainly was a, just a pleasant surprise that you came this morning. I know you got your hands full, and I know you're taking care of your dad and doing a lot with him and for him, and so we, we appreciate you being here this morning. Good to see everyone, all of our families and friends. We are so glad that you came out to be with us today. I thank you once more for um, just, you know, your 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 graciousness and your kindness today um, for Pastor's uh, Appreciation Month. Um, for my wife and I, we're so thankful for everything that um, you do for us. And um, we can't say thank you enough. When we started out this journey, we didn't start out for any accolades or anything like that. Um, head down and just serving the Lord. That's That's all I want to do. And so some of the things that come, I'm, I, I, I get surprised by them because it didn't expect it, didn't anticipate it. But we thank God for you. And we do not take anything that you do for us for granted or lightly. And I want you to know that whatever we can do, anything at all that we can do to help you in your walk with Christ, to be a blessing to you and your family, just know that we're here for you. Just let us know whatever we can do for you. We have cupcakes today um, we're in our celebration, so stop by and get some cupcakes. Um, make sure you go over to the Dibbles and love them up and um, let them know how much we love them. I think he preached okay enough for him to come back to preach in a new building, right? He can preach in a new building? He preached okay enough? He didn't mess anything up? All right, he didn't mess anything up. He can come back. I want you to point your hands toward the Dibbles. We're going to pray for them that God would continue to bless and keep them. 
they, they are servants. Lord, we're so grateful for the devils. And Lord, we just want to ask that you continue to keep your hands upon them. Lord, we want your anointing to be great in their life. And oh my God, we just thank you for them, Lord. We thank you for all the blessings you have bestowed upon them and all that you continue to do in their life, for allowing their light to shine, for allowing their life to be an example to so many. We're thankful, Lord God, for them, Lord God. And we want your will to continue to be done in their life, Lord God. We thank you for them, Lord. We know you will continue to bless and keep them. We know that you will continue to do great things in them and through them. And, Lord, we just thank you for them. We ask you to keep them. As they travel, Lord, we pray you will keep them through their travels, Lord Jesus. As we look to you, Lord, we ask you these things in Jesus' name. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. One more thing, we want the Dunn family to come. They're going back to Jamaica tomorrow. Come on, Dunn family, let me pray with you before we go. You all, you know, if I could keep you here, I would keep you here. But I know that uh, you, you are faithful, and uh, your husband uh, told us that you are the head cook and bottle washer at, at the church down in Jamaica, and so they need you desperately down there. So I know you got to go, and um, hopefully when I get down there at some point in time, we'll be able to uh, connect again. But you all, for the few weeks you've been coming to this church, you really have been a blessing. And I want to meet your pastor to let him know what a blessing you are. You're not just a Christian when you're back in Jamaica, but you're a Christian always. And I would like to let him know that because you all have been Christians all while you've been coming. And we're so thankful for you. So we're going to pray for you as you travel. Uh, point your hands toward them. Father, continue to bless the Dunn family, Lord. They're an asset to your kingdom, and you have chosen them. And we're grateful we had the opportunity to spend this time with them and to fellowship with them and to be able, Lord God, to worship you with them. I thank you, Lord, for them. Oh, God, we thank you for keeping them and for the travel mercies that you've already bestowed upon them, that they will travel safely, Lord. Continue to keep your hands upon them, if you will, Lord God. I pray blessings and provisions forevermore as we say thank you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Appreciate you. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. What do we do? I guess it's time to go home. God bless you. I love you. Have a wonderful rest of your day.